Hey mamas, while I have your attention for just a few more seconds, I couldn't wait to get on here and share with you all about this app that I'm recording all of my podcasts for you through. It's called Anchor, and it is truly the easiest way to make a podcast. Don't believe me? Let me break it down and explain to you. First and foremost, it's free. That's right, it does not cost you one cent. And even better, there's actually creation tools inside the app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's really that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You also can make money from your podcast, hello, with no minimum listenership. So, As in the words of Jerry Maguire, we can all say, show me the money, baby. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So moms, as you know, I support every mama having a voice. Your voice needs to be heard. So go ahead, go download the free Anchor app today and get your voice heard. Share what you're passionate about. Go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's Anchor. .fm to get started and I look forward to listening to you very soon. Hello, hello all of you beautiful mamas out there. Once again, thank you so much for joining me on another episode here at Moms Matter where yes, moms like you and other moms out there all have a voice and you matter. I started this podcast with the passion to give moms a voice, to take them out behind their phones and their computer screens and allow them to truly speak to other moms, to give a platform to their motherhood journey and to help inspire other moms along the way. And I am so excited to introduce you to my special guest today. She, I have to say, as I don't like to play favorites, but I gotta admit, she's one of my favorite moms out there. And she's been a mom who has truly impacted my life. To give you a little quick backstory before I let her uh, introduce herself as well. She uh, has been in my life for about 16 years now, as she came into my life when I was a little baby freshman in college. And you may be wondering, did I meet her on the quad? Was she somebody uh, that I worked for? Nope, she actually was my college professor. And it's only so, I think, uh, perfect that we get a chance to talk today as uh, I was a communication major in uh, college. And so here we are today with one of my favorite college professors, mutt and just human. It was Dr. Stephanie Bennett is here today with us on the podcast. Would you please say hello to everybody? Dr. Bennett, or can I say Steph? Please say Steph. Okay. Hello there, Diane. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me. And hello to all of your guests. Welcome to um, Cheyenne's podcast. This is a wonderful idea. Moms, we all we need help and encouragement and support throughout our whole lives. Um, and so I'm really proud of you that you're doing this, and I'm excited to be on your show. Thank you. I feel like the tables are turned a little bit. Like, you know, it's like you you, you kind of prepped me for this and, and now I get to put you in the hot seat. And... <laughs> yes, it's steaming. Right, exactly. We'll see what, uh, what I hate to say dirt, what juice, what juice we can uh, squeeze out of you today as I remember you being just such a wealth of knowledge in so many ways uh, back then. And, and now today, uh, you know, 
being that you have your mom several times over and and may I even tell a little uh, maybe tidbit that you're also a grandma several times over yeah believe it believe I was it or not a child bride. I was a child bride shy you know what can I say yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. The confession is real here. <laughs> I mean, to have grandchildren and be so young, right? Exactly. Exactly. You guys want to want to talk about <laughs> the, the the real juice here. Here it is. And uh, so you've overcome a lot being a uh, yes, being that you're still, I think, younger than me. I think your age has worked in reverse, perhaps. <laughs> oh, it's good to laugh. It's so good to laugh. It's good for the soul and I think keeps us all young. But uh, since you since you brought that up, would you mind sharing with us uh, at what age you did become a mom? Yeah, I was 21. So it really wasn't super young. But um, back when I became a mom, um, I think that there were more women having children at that age and even younger than that. And in the past, oh gosh, past at least 10 years, maybe 15, I've noticed that a lot of moms are waiting. A lot of people are waiting, you know, yeah. 30, 25, 28, even, even beyond 30, uh, in their thirties. And so, um, there's, there's something so wonderful about that because, uh, generally we're so much more mature and steadier, if you will, you know, yeah. when you a little bit more tread on our tires, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, as a young mother, I, I was fresh out of college. I was just out of my undergraduate years and kind of, I, I, I come from a family of six children, so it wasn't new about babies or anything, but having the responsibility for a baby and my, you know, my whole life kind of being uh, eclipsed, if you will, by motherhood in a good way, in a good way. But 21, yeah, 21 years old. Yeah, it does. It, you know, you make such a good point because it does become your new priority. And and I, I think that there's such joy and beauty. I, I was one of those of maybe a new generation that became a mom later. Um, as my listeners who may be new to my podcast, I became a mom last year at age 32. Um, but you know, it's funny that I have a lot of people in my family that were young moms. And so I got to see moms kind of grow up with their kids or alongside their kids. Did you, did you ever feel like that? Like you were kind of still figuring things out as, as well as your, your babies? Oh my gosh. I was figuring out things out. I don't think, uh, let's see. Do you still have I, them I mean, figured out? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit better figured out now. A couple of grandies there. Um, I probably was 32 before I kind of settled in and centered, um, going over 10 years with motherhood and just, uh, I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but just feeling like I never even had a moment to think with like three children mm. to grow. And, um, and a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends didn't have children as early as I did. And so they were going off uh, working full time uh, outside the house. They were getting their graduate degrees. They were kind of doing things. Um, and I felt pretty alone in the house, you know, with the children. I decided to stay home full time um, rather than I didn't have someone who could help, uh, you know, share, share the load there. And so I stayed home full time. I really wanted to. I wanted to raise them and be close to them. But let me tell you something. The isolation and sometimes the loneliness, it just... 
it, it, it kept me kind of in a turnstile a bit. Um, I don't want to make my life out to be a roller coaster in my 20s. It wasn't. You know, I was a very stable person. But inwardly, inwardly, I just didn't settle down, I think, until I was about 32. Yeah. Well, I guess that sounds pretty good for me since uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just turned 33 myself. So <laughs> that's very, you're giving me a very optimistic look. <laughs> good. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you say like, you know, you felt alone and I think a lot of moms feel alone right now, you know, especially being in that um, time of COVID and whether it's that some moms that were choosing to work full time outside the home, but maybe because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic that's really swept the world, um, they're now, you know, having to work at home and, and also be a mom, which I think, gosh, has got to be such a challenge and um but also there's a lot less connection being able to be had in person you know and are there things that you learned during your time of staying at home during your 20s that you feel you could share to other moms listening um something that could help get them through those times mm. oh yeah oh my goodness there's so much i'm trying to think of a couple of things i think that uh well i have to say for me uh, I, I'm a, a person of faith. I'm a Christian, and I would always go to prayer. Um, sometimes I would go to prayer in tears. God help me! Just please help me! Help me to have a better attitude. This is the tenth diaper of the day. I'm out of diapers. <laughs> I'm out of gas in the car. And, you know, and I, yeah. I have to do this. During those years, I was um, when I say I I didn't uh, work outside the house. Uh, it's not that I didn't work at all. I would also be writing for some magazines, some national magazines and such. Uh, not so much on staff, except a, a, a couple of them. And it was maybe one or two, sometimes three or four articles a month that I would write. And so I would try to do it while the children were napping. And you know, mm. you know how it is when children are napping. They don't always nap at the same time. And <laughs> yes. You put them down and 10 minutes later, they're crying again. And you know, so... Um, uh, that was a challenge, but I would say, you know what, I would say to young mothers, try to do something like that that's more than, more. and I don't want to say that, more than just changing diapers, cooking, and, and taking care of your child. It's such a, a worthy, noble role, an important one, um, and, and, and instructive to us, but if, if there's no outlet to uh, speak with other adults or do some kind of adult work like uh, mind work heart work beyond it can feel like the joy of mothering and there's so much joy in mothering the joy in mothering can, can feel suffocating um, and so you don't want to isolate yourself so that would be my number don't isolate yourself yeah. um, because loneliness comes in even if you have a beautiful marriage and uh, and friends who are you know far away that you talk to once in a while it, it it's you want to um let's put it this way a happy mom a happy person is a happy mom and it's happy children. Mm. you know so yeah. children can um detect whether mom and dad are happy and at peace and so you want you want to do that you want to not isolate Absolutely. Oh, these are all, it's, it's so good. And it's so crucial, I think, for a mom to realize that it's okay. And I've realized this in my first year that it's okay to take that self-care. In fact, you, like you said, so true, happy mom, happy children. I, I think many moms out there maybe heard happy, 
happy wife, happy life. I, <laughs> if, uh, if your husbands haven't heard that one yet, maybe they will now. But uh, it's true when, when I, I, we can really be the best moms, I feel, uh, when we are happy and when we feel fulfilled and that we are doing something yeah. valuable and, and giving to others. And, and also, I've learned a lot about receiving, mm-hmm. too, like being willing to receive, receive, uh, like you said, rather than maybe just dirty diapers, but to receive help and receive from other adults yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's humbling. It's humbling. And I think that... Uh, for me, motherhood has been probably the most instructive thing in my life. The thing mm. that has matured me the most. It's been the most challenging thing. It's been the most joyful thing in my life. And I've had a lot of other joy and <laughs> I've yeah. had other challenges. I mean, uh, when you go through a PhD program, uh, you, it is a challenge, let me tell you. But motherhood beats it all because you're not just dealing with the physical needs of a child and a lack of sleep and uh, so many other things that we deal with as moms, especially especially young moms, moms of, of little ones and teenagers. You're not just dealing with that. You know, you're dealing with the child's emotional needs. You're dealing with all kinds of social uh, interactions and and mm. and protocols you ha- you have a child on your hip at the grocery store now with a mask on her face and and mm-hmm. get groceries with all the the quarantines right i mean there's just challenge upon challenge so i think it's it's humbling and it's humbling in a good way because we begin and i, I again speaking from my experience uh, uh you know you how can i put it begin to step down from that sense of I am superwoman and I can do it all and I don't need help. <laughs> I can stir up the bacon and bring it home in a pan. You know, I can do it. I can do it all. All of a sudden you realize, hmm, I'm doing it all, but maybe not so well. Maybe I should receive some help. Maybe I can receive some help. Maybe I can ask for help. And that really yeah. grows you up. It does. You start to see yourself yes. not as the center of your life anymore, but as a partner and a part of a whole, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I, I feel, I don't know if my listeners are doing this, but I would encourage all everyone to listen to this podcast with a pen and paper because I am jotting notes along the way and just receiving so much from your story. And that's, and that's what I love is, you know, motherhood, no matter if you're pregnant right now, or if you're a new mom or a mom who's, who's had a little, a few more years, it's like, we really all can learn from each other and, and no mother's motherhood is the same, you know? And, and I, I heard this phrase when I first became a mom, there's no hood like motherhood. (laughs) You know, you think of, you think of your neighborhood, right? It's like where you maybe feel most at home, where you feel most at peace, right. or where you feel most accepted. And and I think as moms, we can really offer that to one another. Like we can be that that hood, that motherhood of of moms, where we can offer that to one another to feel accepted and to feel like it's it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to get through this uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And Shai, I think also one of the things that really helped me through motherhood, through the ups and downs of the young motherhood was un- like looking at, I guess it was changing perspective. Instead of looking at all the things that were going wrong or I didn't have, or I just cleaned the house and now it's a wreck again. <laughs> you know? right. Not that they do that in five minutes. You know, yes. all the different little kind of mundane challenges that we go through. 
there's so many opportunities. I mean, when we are home, um, if you are a mom who has chosen to be home full time with the children and, and you deal with those challenges, one of the opportunities is to begin to see ourselves outside of our achievements and our productivity. And that is a real yeah. trap. If we if we get caught in seeing ourselves and just our identity can get just lost in the pursuit of achievements and productivity. And as we grow as women, if we don't have a steady, solid sense of who we are, and we're always looking at our achievements and what we can do next and how productive we are, uh, that's not good for our self-esteem. That will give us trouble our whole life long. So when you're raising children, at least I found this, and really looking at them um, and dealing with them with all the love in your heart and giving yourself to them fully, um, instead of just trying to multitask everything, you know, we begin to, uh, I call it being fully present fully present to our children and not thinking about the future, not thinking about what else we're not achieving. Um, and it gives you just a greater grounding, I think, and a sense of knowing who we are, that we can't we can't base our identity on um, on our achievements. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. It it really it really resonates with me for sure. I mean I think back to my college days where I really had to uh, separate my identity from my productivity. And it's funny how it's a continual process of uh, growth, I think, in our in our lives. And it, in whenever we face new um, circumstances in our lives, whether it is becoming a spouse or becoming a parent, you know, that doesn't go away. It's like something I think we also have to continually keep in check as we as we grow and, and as we take on more uh, tasks, you know, as we take on more responsibilities, it's easy to feel unfulfilled, mm -hmm. I feel. Um, but what a beautiful message. Yes. And, 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 and we're always so focused about our children's future, future, future. They have to go to the right school, the right college, and they got to make sure that they um, can get into, you know, this, this club or this sport. But we miss maybe perhaps the most beautiful part of them just of just the being of just the being with that's them. right oh how, how right you are how right you are and then there's like the <laughs> I, opportunity like to come back just as you were saying uh, we get to be adults and a lot of times we forget about play you know we're no longer sitting mm, in a mud puddle mm. with a spoon building or in the sand building sand castles right or you know uh, running around the soccer things that we did at 10 and at 12 and 14. We have to come back to the innocence of a child. And if you have children, play with them. We need to play with our children. We need to sit down and build blocks with them. When they get old, they can get out there and kick the ball with them. And that is an opportunity to, um, to retain um, or bring back kind of a bit of the, um, how can I say it? Kind of reactivating that important part of ourselves yeah. that's often left behind in our, our teen years, you know? Yeah, like reclaim your own childhood. Give give the gift of childhood, not just to your kids, but to yourself. Yeah, ab absolutely. That's absolutely. Right? <laughs> yep. 
Definitely. You know, you mentioned this concept of um, leaving things behind, and, and sometimes we we definitely do that as uh, as adults. We we grow up really early and, and and maybe too soon. And I see kids doing that uh, even quicker. I feel with the fast pace of technology and. I, I think back to just your story and you sharing with us that you became a young mom and you had all these moms or, or excuse me, friends who weren't moms yet um, in their 20s, maybe pursuing careers and, and trying new things. Did you ever feel left behind um, because you were raising children during this time? Cheyenne, you spot on. I felt so left behind. And the worst part of it was I chose it. I remember lamenting at 26 and 28, why not why did i choose this i would i would still be in gratitude in a place of thank you thank you god thank you god for giving me these children i love them thank you for allowing me to stay home with them and raise them and, and be and be focused on them but at the same time it was like it's what we call in, in 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 my field of dialectic it was a push and pull of this i want to do this and i'm not going to give it up this is my main focus the children but I am being left behind. I'm left behind financially. Everybody else is lunching and going mm -hmm. to the house <laughs> and, 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 and getting that new pair of shoes. You know, I'm not. And then everyone else is making some kind of a dent in their career. I had no career. I mean, I was writing as a freelancer and, you know, had put the whole achieving on the back burner because I was focused on the children. I chose it. So again, I wasn't kicking myself, but I had this inner turmoil, like a struggle. It, it was a push and a pull on days when things were going poorly and the house was a mess and I didn't get more than two hours sleep. You know, I would, I would begin to feel low and get down on myself. And on other days I'd be in the top of the world because this was what I chose. And I was so happy to be there to watch the first step and to make sure my child was getting the right food for lunch and to make sure that she was, you know, engaged and not just in front of the television for eight hours. You, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I feel this so strongly and I, I can almost feel the heads nodding like you know all the moms listening and and yet I also just feel this question rising inside of me or if if you would like to bring breath to this even more so if this is the reality and I feel like this is a reality of possibly a lot of women listening to this podcast what do you feel like how do you how do you get through that season you know how did you get through that season mm. Well, again, this is where my faith comes in. I, I learned a lot about, uh, about faith, about God during those years, because I almost felt like, you know, he was the one I could turn to. And, um, you know, in, in the Christian faith, I mean, we believe that the Holy Spirit of God is there with us. He's a living God, not just a historical figure in, in a book, hidden away in a book. And so I spoke to God, uh, believing that you are alive, you are here, you are present, God. I need you to help me and teach me to grow and teach me how to see things and help me to cope. And so I had a lot of that. And I remember, I remember being about 31 or 32. As I said, I had kind of started to really center more by then. And I, I looked around my life and I thought, you know, in about... 12 years um, 
my children are all going to be probably out of the house or at least, you know, uh, in college or, or whatever. And then what I'm going to do, my whole life has become them with these, with these, yeah. uh, monthly columns that I was writing and this and that, you know, but it, still my whole life had become about my children. And I cried out to God and said, show me, is there something I should do? Is there, is there something I'm not seeing? Is there something I should prepare for or plan for? And I sent so deeply, so deeply that, you know, how do people hear God? I, I don't know. How do we hear God? But I just sent something so deep in my spirit saying, I have a plan. Trust me. Mm. I have a plan. Trust mm. me. Little did I know that at 35 or 36, it was actually, that plan would begin to unfold. And I would go back to grad school or go to, go to grad school and get my master's. I was going to say that is definitely the next chapter that I, I, even I myself, I don't know if I know all the details of how you got to where we actually ended up meeting. Because uh, those of you that have been listening and journeying with us through this podcast, you heard in the very beginning that I, in fact, uh, met Steph uh, as my college professor. So somewhere in between there, uh, the, 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 you know, becoming a mom and getting your bachelor's degree to raising your children, you eventually decided to go back to school, it seems. Yes. Do you want to hear that? <laughs> yes, please share. I, I think some moms could really actually feel encouraged by that, that there, <laughs> there is life uh, well, after kids or maybe even during yes, raising kids. Yes. Well, you know, I have to say this. I never wanted to be a professor. I never saw myself as a teacher. I never pursued it. And it was never a prayer. I started honestly <laughs> and yet I love it so much I'm, wow. I'm like 18 years in now and um what happened was I somewhere around 35 36 um the kids were all in school and my husband and I looked at each other and I said you know what I've been home almost 15 years here um or uh, about 15 years how about I I work part-time outside the house and I get home before the kids come home and we said, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. So I started working, when, started when? working yeah. for a newspaper in town, a big newspaper. And I started working in the marketing department, just writing little ads and things like that. And it was great. It was like, wow, oh my gosh, I'm working six hours a day. I get to send the children off to school and then come home and then they come home. I was like, whoa, you know. So I was making a little bit of money and, um, and enjoyed that. And then um, a year, not even a year later, uh, the newspaper was bought by uh, the USA Today people, um, that big newspaper we have in the States here. And uh, they downsized and that's a whole story in itself. But long and the short of it is where I was living, New Jersey, said if you're laid off, we have $5,000 to give you for retraining. And it didn't mean anything to me because hmm. I, I already knew how to write. I'd been a writer for since college for even before I was getting paid for my articles, you know, for 15 years. I, I didn't need training. That's what I wanted to do. So I thought, what a waste, $5,000. But about two weeks later, that was that was working on me. And I thought $5,000 just sitting there free. Right. <laughs> Hard to throw away free money. Right. I got to do We've something We've been paying, with paying it. taxes all these years. I, I wonder what training that's yeah. what retraining means like I don't want to do anything new but I wonder what it means so I went to the unemployment office and they said well no, you can take any courses you want I said any courses I want they said yeah wow. just take anything you want to add to your you know to help you develop your you know your career 
So I started thinking about that and praying about that. And then lo and behold, I was reading the newspaper, the newspaper that just let me go. And there was, <laughs> and there was an ad there at the bottom that caught my eye. And it said, um, come study media studies or something at um, at Monmouth University in New Jersey. There's an open house and come take a course with us. And I looked at that. I thought, oh, my goodness, I, I'd like to take a course in media studies. I mean, I'm interested in that. And I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do in the evening. Let's see what happens. Long and the short of it is I got I, I took the course and I used that five thousand dollars to take the two courses and I loved it. And the next semester, you know, I didn't go back. I just was back at my little, you know, my home. And I got a call from the professor there. And he asked me to come in. He wanted to talk to me. And he said, um, why aren't you registered? So I told him, I said, I'm a mom, you know, and I'm a mom of three. And I've got to, I can't come to college. I've got to start saving for them for college, you know. So he, <laughs> he said, listen, he said, we want we we think you have potential and we want you to come and have a fellowship and take your graduate degree here your um your your master's degree here i i didn't know what a fellowship was that's how ignorant i was i thought fellowship was just you know having <laughs> sharing good things about christ you know so, so i found out that that meant it was really a scholarship and it would pay for the whole degree my books and all Wow, I just got some major yeah. God bumps. I did not yeah. know this part of the well, story. Well, and when that was done, I was so excited about that. That that was part time, and that took me three years. And I was so excited about that. I I still didn't have any career plans. I was just writing. I was now writing even more from home because I didn't have to deal with naps and stuff. <laughs> so I was writing more articles, cover stories, and um, you know, for focus on the family and CCM, and just a lot of a lot of things that I enjoyed. But um, it was definitely not a career. And then when I got my degree, my MA in corporate and public communication, um, I thought, gosh, I'm 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 writing. I wrote my thesis on interpersonal communication in a digital age and wireless technologies, wired technologies in the 90s. And there's still so much to study here. I didn't get to the bottom of it, even after a 90-page thesis. What am I going to do? So my director there said, well, you're just going to have to go get your doctorate, which I laughed. I laughed you're like, loud. sure. I did. <laughs> True LOL. And um, <laughs> she told me some details. And I, I, I told her I, I really didn't think that was me. I never saw myself that way. And, and what did I even need a doctorate for? And it was intimidating. And dissertations that were like 500 pages. That No, no. <laughs> well, uh, a few months later, I couldn't shake that either. And I started looking into programs. One thing to, led to the next. I applied and I got in. The same thing happened, Cheyenne. I took one course just as a little, like, um, let me check it out and see what I think here. And I didn't register yeah. for the next time thinking, well, I'm not going to spend another couple grand for one course. I don't have any direction here as much as I liked it. The director right. had me in, this is a different university. He had me in and he said, we have decided we want you to be the student this year that gets a full ride until you No. So, can you see my face right now? That was 22 years ago and I'm still in shock that 
that's the plan that God had in mind for me. I had to stay in a place of trust when I felt unproductive and not achieving anything and just determined to stay present to my children and trust God with the future that I got that opportunity yes. and I had a lump in my throat and I just looked at him and I said, can I do it just one, like one time, like one class a semester? He said, no, that's the catch. You have to be time mm. and we'll pay for your books. We'll pay for everything till you're done. And, but you have to do a little, you know, TA, a little teaching assistant, graduate assistant, and you have to at least take three courses a semester. Well, that's it. That's the story. And I didn't have one bill left after that doctoral degree of five years. Not one bill. I had a 500 page dissertation that I wrote on, on the disappearance <laughs> of silence um, in the digital age. But um, it, that's the story. And so I have a whole other life now. I still have such wonderful, beautiful relationships with my girls and their children. And I never have a regret from my early life of doing it the opposite way around, you know? I don't, I don't have one regret. And I still feel like that's why I have so much juice because this is still kind of new to me. I know it's like 18 years, but it's still kind of new. It's like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm not at the end of my career, you know? Yeah, it's almost as if you're you're just beginning. I mean, when you trust God like that, and, and something that I so want moms to hear, I, I wrote this down, I want to repeat it over myself, is something you said, is you said, stay in a place of trust, even when you feel unproductive, mm -hmm. you know? to stay there, to stay there. Cause I, I know moms, I know out there, I've talked with you. I myself being a new mom have, have even felt this and you are just such living proof that if you just stay there and you stay present, like, you know, especially as a believer, which my listeners know that I am a believer in Jesus Christ, that, um, God really will show up. And, and, and so often in ways that he will definitely let you know it's him because i'm sure you were not expecting that to oh. happen once let alone no, twice not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and i mean it just it uh it dumbfounds me but also just kind of makes me say oh that's so god you know when <laughs> It really can be no other way, but that it that it's him. And and I can't help but think of uh, one of my favorite scriptures. And and if you're new to the Bible, this would be a verse that I would encourage anyone uh, to go and read and to to feel the hope and encouragement from. But uh, Proverbs three five and six, mm -hmm. it goes and uh, it goes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths mm -hmm. and it really just reminds me of how much I love the order of scripture and it's funny because I'm sure maybe looking back as a young woman maybe that wouldn't have been the order of your life had you planned it out and yet following that verse you know um, following that you trusted him first mm -hmm. and you didn't lean on your own understanding because it would have sounded ridiculous mm -hmm. like what master's doctorate um, and yet he, he provided, he, he directed your paths right away for you. Yeah. What I don't think, you know, is that, um, Proverbs three, five and six is my wedding verse and it's, no, I did not wedding. know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so my husband and I, in the midst of whatever trials we had the first 10 years of, you know, 
you know, I, I feel guilty saying that it was a trial because so many people have so much less, but when you're living in a culture as we are, where you really need two incomes and you only have one, there's a lot of trials, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. those, that first 10 years, we, we knew we had each other and we, we both trusted the Lord together in that. And at different moments, probably me more than him of, of low moments, um, we would hold each other's arms up and remind ourselves of that verse and we would pray it together. And to this day, um, that's still the verse we talk about. Nothing. I mean, we've been married now over three decades and, um, Congratulations, by the way. We're, what we're learning is that we don't know, we don't have a lot of peers who are married that long. It's like you know, uh, there's no pride coming from me saying that. I'm telling you humbly from the by the grace of God, He has seen us through ups and downs. Um, um, but yeah, I just wanted to tell you about that verse and affirm you. It's so it's so absolutely true. It, it, it's counterintuitive to say, well, trust God, because it's not just trust God and close your eyes. Trust God, keep your eyes wide open and listen, listen and look. That's where discernment comes from and where wisdom comes from when we listen and look and we don't run pell-mell into things uh, emotionally because this sounds good or that sounds good. Boy, you know, Cheyenne, I am just so good at that. And that's something that God has pretty much cured me of, just teaching me to listen for him and not run into mm-hmm. crazy ideas because I have so many ideas. I'm like an ideas machine, you know? <laughs> and so getting the wisdom of the Lord, like when I got that word about a doctorate, I remember bringing it home to my husband and I said, the director said he wants, the whole team wants me to to get my PhD there and, and they're gonna pay for everything. And, and we looked at each other and I said, I. I never wanted a PhD. It's not a part of my aspiration. And he said, I know, I know. I've never heard this from you. I said, because I've never had it. I've never said it. And and besides that, if I get it, what do I do with it? I don't want to be a professor. I know. I, I mean, you know, and he said, I don't know. So we prayed about it and yet felt semester by semester to walk through it in trust and reevaluate after each semester. And until the end of the the whole five years, all of a sudden, it started occurring to me. People started saying, "Where are you going to teach?" I, I, I said, "I'm not. I'm not going to teach." Oh, oh no, you have to teach. You have to teach. Don't you see it in you? You have that. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. And and uh, um, an opportunity was made for me, and I took the interview, and the rest is history. And I've loved it ever since, but we don't always know our own heart. We don't always know exactly what we want. And that's why we need God's direction. And you remind me so much of just hearing your journey of faith and how often as moms, I think we, just as women, we want to know, we want to know, like, God, what are you doing? Like, I, I know that you're the ultimate planner, but really, I think I'm a good planner too. Like, I've got this, God. You can, you can trust me. At least I'm speaking from mm-hmm. my own conscience, my own heart here. And something that you made me think about is how powerful our words are. Like, what we speak out over each other. Of course, like you had those other people speak over you and and call almost that out of you. Like, hey, Stephanie, like you are a great teacher, you know, you have it in you to teach. And it just reminds me like how powerful our words are over ourselves, but also our children. Yes. Yes. And 
what we can call out of our mm-hmm. children. Modeling, model, and, and that's that's a point I'm glad you're bringing up because that's another thing. Children, children learn what they live. So pouring into a little human being to train and teach her or him about life, it's, it's all about love. It's sacrificial love you're giving to that child, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as we teach them about life, uh, they are learning about love. And we grow in our love yes. because we must. And then they grow and they see it and then they grow. And it's a beautiful cycle. Um, and it, it definitely is the most, uh, I'm just going to say it. Mothers out there, I think you're a part of the most noble, important work there is in the world. Mm. Yes. Yes. Without, and, and we don't get enough, we don't get enough, ac- or um, what it, not affirmation. We don't, we, yeah affirmation there you go (laughs) that was the word i was looking for (laughs) yes and 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 you know what it's so hard when you don't get the affirmation not only do we not get a paycheck right yes they take from you (laughs) we get no pats on the back Uh, so we need to focus on other rewards and there's a reward of motherhood and there is a reward of walking in love love gets it grows bigger it's deeper, it's stronger as, as we sacrifice and choose love, choose them over mm, other rewards. Yeah. And so it, 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 it will always pay back in spades. Love, love will, although it doesn't seem yes. like it, it will always, cause that's, I mean, think about what do you want to die with? Do you want to die with someone admiring you or loving you? Yes. Yes. I'd rather yes, be loved. Yes, yes. I'd rather know that. I'd rather go, you know, having people know that I loved them, you know? Yes. Yes. That's so good. I think that's one of the best things that the, the, the ultimate thing that we can show our kids and, and truly through action. And I think as a Christian, you know, as a, as before, as just a single woman, or even as just a married woman in, in hindsight, I look back and it's, I thought I knew more of the unconditional love of God, you know, every step, but then becoming a mother, mm-hmm. you really learn that unconditional, that sacrificial mm-hmm. love. And you, yeah, and, and you know, you, you painted it so poignantly. I think it's just in your journey, just in the arc of your, um, you know, the years that you stayed at home and then the years that you stepped out of your comfort zone and went to get your different, you know, educational degrees. And, you know, by pursuing that, Steph, by pursuing your career and and I can't even say necessarily dreams because right. you, they, you, they weren't necessarily dreams, although some that may be manifested in you later. Um, what would you say as we could bring this podcast to a close by doing those things? Uh, what would you say was the biggest lesson that you were able to teach your kids and all of that? Oh, shy. I there's definitely not one. I mean, I, I there's not the biggest, um, there's a lot, let's see. Well, resilience, resilience is one of them. The novelty Mm. of motherhood wears off. It gets really challenging. And so we have to learn resilience. We have to learn to go with the flow a bit and bounce back and not let, um, the daily trials of the day or frustrations take us out. We need to stay centered in the love of God, in the knowledge that we are doing what we're called to do. 
that motherhood is a calling. Yes, I'm waxing eloquent on motherhood because I think it's the most important job on earth. It's not paid, but it's the most important job on earth. Um, I, I guess I could sum it up by saying at 30, at 31 actually, when I was writing for that newspaper I told you about, I was writing for the lifestyle section. And um, for the Mother's Day um, paper, they had me do the main story, which was nice. I got graphics with it and everything, you know. And, oh, and I called it Motherhood 101, the subject of love. Um, I think that the very first thing that we need to learn about motherhood, the last thing we will learn about motherhood, and what we learn about motherhood all the way through our journey is all the subject of love. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't know any other subject more important. So true. I think it's what we ultimately all want to give our children, but it's also what we all want mm -hmm. to receive mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I when I say love, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking about the gushy kind of glamorous, media mediated love that we see on our screens and the stories uh you know I, i'm not talking about the frail flimsy feeling of um, attraction i'm talking about the deep well of giving sacrificial giving pouring out our hearts working hard and committed to that work you know we don't normally like to talk about it that way because it seems uh, you know, uh, it seems laborious and be burdensome yes. because, and you know, yet motherhood can be so playful and wonderful and fun, et cetera, et cetera. But really, come on, let's face it. Mothers, you know it. We all know how hard it is some days. Some days it is hard as all get out. You've been up three times in the middle of the night or maybe four or five times the baby's teething or, or having, or sick. And then you have to go on the next day as if you had a whole night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as, yeah, as if it's just a little cherub angel that you've been caring for. <laughs> and they don't know. <laughs> they don't know that you've, they've messed your day up, you know? So yeah. that's love. Yeah. That's love. That is love. That's real, real sticky, sweaty, nasty love for you. But it's truly, I, I think you said it so well. There's just no, nothing better, nothing that can bring out the worst perhaps in us, but also the absolute best I feel. And, and from my experience that the worst that it's uh, brought out in me, it's allowed me to actually see myself, see myself. I think motherhood has also been the best mirror mm -hmm. for me to look into. And although it's scary, it's like when there is love there and, um, you know, when there is love abounding in the, in the home, I feel that it's been the safest place to actually mm -hmm. grow, grow more into love and love of myself mm -hmm. as a mother. Mm -hmm. You know, and I hope that, um, I think you, you, you surely know this, but you know, it always bears repeating, um, because it is demanding, a demanding job that doesn't let up, you know, um, it's easy to neglect ourselves uh, because, you know, it's mm. so time consuming, energy consuming. We shouldn't forget to take care of ourselves, you know, 
Yes. I mean, yeah. really get a pedicure or a manicure once in a while, you know, uh, take, take five, 10 minutes a day if you can with your journal and write in it, how you're feeling. I mean, um, just, you know, do, do things for yourself once in a while, go on a bike ride by yourself, get a babysitter, you know, uh, try to do some things for yourself once in a while because self neglect is easy to do because our, our children need so much, you know? It's so true. Oh, amen. I wanted to say amen after all that. I'm hoping my husband's in the room listening somewhere to this very insightful woman I have on my podcast. And uh, I feel we could talk all day. I feel like this might even be a two or three parter where I have you come back on if you would so be willing to do so and to share your insights as we can always go and dive deeper. But as far as uh, this podcast today, I would love it if perhaps maybe on that subject of love, of unconditional love and how love is truly uh, the subject, the true subject of motherhood. Are there any resources, maybe there be books or um, a podcast or courses or anything that you would recommend for the for our listeners to tune into? Oh, you know what? It's been a long time since I've been looking into resources, you know, um, there are a lot of good things out there. I'm sure I was happy to hear that you are doing a podcast. Um, but honestly, I have not, I have not taken a, a dive deep or otherwise, even a shallow one into motherhood sources. I, you know, I haven't even spoken at motherhood or parenting conferences for, for five or six years. And I, not because I don't want to, but because, um, I'm, I'm not actively in that young mother, um, you know, situation anymore. Gosh, what, um, you know what? I hope this doesn't sound trite, but I'll tell you something, whatever season you're in as a mother, pick up the Bible, read it, read it devotionally with a heart that says, Lord, show me, teach me, teach, teach me what it means to be a fully connected and loving and wholehearted mother. Teach me, Lord, teach me about your love through my beautiful children. Because, yes. you know, we're in a very busy, 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 hectic age. And I just had an article come out um, this week called The Slowing, Setting the Pace, Changing the Pace in a Digital Age. And, uh, you know, the, the, the premise there is that love has a speed. And we're usually racing through life so quickly that we miss those long gazes and pats on the back and hugs and hearing the thing that we really need to hear uh, to be loving. And I think, I think honestly, developing a pattern of daily or several times a week, reading the Bible and journaling a bit, even if it's just a couple minutes a day, um, can help set us on a, a kind of kind of slow down our pace. Because otherwise the world like takes us by the nape of the neck and just drags us along. So that would be my, that would be my strongest motherhood guide. How's that? I, I like it. I, I, I love it. I want some more of it. If I can quote a country song right there. Um, but it is, it's so true. I think sometimes we do with all these resources out there, we can get overwhelmed and we can actually miss the genuine true nature of going back to the basics, which uh, for me, and, and it seems to you too, definitely is always the Bible. You know, we don't always have to look so externally, um, but looking internally into um, the Bible and into the Holy Spirit, I think is one of the best 
best things we can do and uh, never going to steer us wrong. That's for sure. And uh, I actually consider you, though, to be one of the best resources uh, out there, you know, for me when it comes to all things, definitely mothering and social media. So if my listeners would like to connect with you further, uh, what would be the best way that they can get in touch with you? Well, my YouTube channel called The Secret Place with Stepha Bennett is always open for comments and interaction. I'd love to, um, you know, exchange uh conversation emails or conversation with uh, some of your listeners there um i always look and and, and respond to everyone who who writes it you know, it's a little 10 minute a week kind of um i don't know what you call it a message hopefully to inspire i also have some books that are available on amazon and um a, a novel series a, a story series called within the walls by stephanie bennett and um you know if they would like to read that and talk about that they could you know the, my email address is is all over that um gosh or just you know go on facebook and and look up uh the secret place or stepa bennett and i'll friend you i'll be happy to chat with folks um i'd love to connect that way and be a support in any way i can Awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. And in case anybody listening, if you uh, missed any of those uh, titles or how to connect with her, I'll have those all written down in our show notes page for sure. And most of all, uh, almost said Dr. B again, er, creature of habit, but Dr. Bennett, no, yeah. Stepha. Stepha girl, I just want to say thank you so much for just spending your time here, spreading your wisdom, truly shining your light on this podcast and really inspiring mothers all across the world. It's been so good to be with you, Cheyenne Lynn Clayman. I just love you and I love that you're doing this podcast. Uh, please give my very best warm hugs to your husband and your children. And I'll look forward to talking to you again, hopefully, hopefully very soon. Bless you, dear. Yes, thank you. And all of my listeners, you heard it her you heard it here first. It sounds like we're going to get maybe a second episode. I love it. And uh, thank you moms for just joining me today. And once again, just remember that uh, your voice is valid, that you have a story within you. Do not be afraid to share it. Find, find some other moms that you can connect with that are your secret, your safe space and share your heart and open yourself up to that love. If you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, feel free to go ahead and email me and visit my website at theclaymans.com. And once again, just thank you so much for listening and big hugs for from me and Stepha Bennett here to you and your family.